can't help when I listen to this music to start doing like, like get into it. Like I feel like I'm on vacation. <laughs> Hello, Soul Questers. Thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of A Soul's Quest podcast. Today we're going to be interviewing Omar, my partner, my best friend, my <laughs> the content creator. This is all your fault. Just yeah, I'm, I'm nervous now. Are you? No, you're not nervous. I am. Are you? Yeah. Well, I think I gotta put out all my my dirty laundry you're out being, there. And you're stuff. Beca- you're gonna be vulnerable. Yeah, because I have some questions to ask. But I'm a bit naked, like the. Like toad behind me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta come up with a name for him. You should do that. Rana or Mako. Oh my God. Look it up. Anyways, okay. sorry. Anyways. I play too much. I'm sorry. You do. But that's yeah. okay. We want to keep it lighthearted and fun, especially when we're having a topic such as this, when we're talking about vulnerabilities and deep issues and things yeah, yeah. like that and circumstances. So, yeah. but I do appreciate you being here. How are, are you feeling good though? Besides nervous, are you feeling good? No, 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 I'm good. Today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I've okay. come to terms with my demons. Uh, <laughs> I have integrated them into myself. Yeah. That's, you know. that's who you are today. My shadow is very, uh, we fought before mm. we know each other. You know. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's, yeah. let's get started. Okay. So I'm going to do this the same way that we sort of did my interviews that you guys have already watched by now. Mm-hmm. And um, so I want to just start with the basics. Where were you born? What was your childhood like? <laughs> Share. Do tell. Tell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know you want to do it so bad. Just I do. Get it out. I was born by a river <laughs> in a little tent. <laughs> Just like the river I've been running okay. ever since. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Right. Sorry. Right. <laughs> um, back. Yeah. Well, you know, you set me up, so I'm sorry. I know. I no, did. I can't I take did. anything And that was okay. That's okay. It's okay. I'll All start. Right. I'll, stop. I'll stop. <laughs> so I was born actually in Santo Domingo, which is the capital of the Dominican Republic. Uh, my childhood was spent in San Cristobal, which is about 20 minutes west of the capital, you know, um, that was kind of, that was my, my place, you know, it's a little town. I mean, it was, uh, um, San Cristobal was, yeah. I mean, it was one of the small towns. It's actually in the South part of the country. So beautiful. it's beautiful, beautiful country, you know, it's beautiful right on the Caribbean, right on the Caribbean, Dominican Republic. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and I mean, it was, it was, it was nice. I don't, I don't have any, um, I love the place. Uh, I, I cry when I left. When so, let me ask you this. That's sad. You cried when you left. Yeah, I can. I get that though. I can relate. Mm-hmm. When you um, think because you were born in in Sant or in Dominican Republic in the seventies, mm-hmm. right? Yep. What was it like then? What was it? What was that country like? My childhood was fun, man. It's like I went to school from like seven thirty in the morning to twelve thirty. You know, came home, watch it. How did you? I want to know how did you get to and from school. <laughs> uh, yeah you know you know that. this right I do. so at first at first um there was a horse and carriage oh. yeah there was a, a guy mm-hmm. that came in a horse uh and a carriage and we used to get in the back of the uh, uh, uh of the horse and carriage and that's how we went to school ironically um I spent some time in the hospital because I I, I fell off of one and the <laughs> wheel on the carriage oh. went over me. Yeah, that's right. My mom almost killed the 
The, I forgot the, I forgot the guy's name, but the, the horse or, horse driver. The horse, horse driver, driver, yeah. She almost killed him, but I don't know what you call that, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So that, I just think that's a such a unique story, a part of your I used to love that thing. I'm I mean, sure you like did. it was so cool. Like sometimes they used to actually let me sit in the front and actually do the horse. Oh yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fun. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That is that fun. was a lot of fun. I mean it's um it was cool. But then after that, you know, after uh, went to like, you know, more primary school. Uh, third grade or so then um uh, there was a bus okay. that came back mm-hmm. you know a lot of the times we just walked okay yeah you weren't that far no 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 we weren't that far from my, my school where i was because we moved to different places um but we walked and you know i have friends and it was not like an area in which i mean i didn't feel uh a threatened or anything mm-hmm. like that it was a very safe for my from work you know, where I came from, from yeah. my perspective, I have friends. We play, you know, we came home around 1230. You know, we watch El Show de Mediodía and then we watched uh, um, uh, Chespirito. And then after that, we went out, we did our homework, went outside and we played baseball until six o'clock. The cold was in. We had we had a uh, uh, um, chocolate with some bread and that was our, our dinner. Uh, pretty much it. Yeah. So what was your relationship like with your parents? I mean, it. It sounds like it was a lovely time. So what? How was that? Yeah, um, was your, I know how your mother is. I love your mother, mm-hmm, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear your. So it's interesting because um, I kind of joke around with people, and I said that I'm a bastard, <laughs> <laughs> and actually I am a bastard. You know. Um, what do you mean by that? My parents. <laughs> yeah, in what sense of the word? No, what do you mean, I'm a bastard? Like, yeah, there's, you know, so there's two ways. There's two, two ways. Like, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on how you tone it too. Like this right. bastard. Or like, <laughs> you know like it all depends right so so the story goes is this you know i was like two years old uh, when my parents divorced okay and the reason for their divorce goes was followed my, um one day um my mom saw my dad with another woman so she wondered what happened and it turns out that he was already married and had a family in the capital in Santo Domingo, right? Mm. Which is so, you know, like 30 minutes apart. So um, he had a he had a family, kids older than me. Uh, he was married. So my mom married without knowing this. And as a consequence of her finding out, obviously, number one, she annulled the marriage. Right. Um, right away. Um, but there were very, there were a lot of consequences to that for her doing that. You know, one in particular was her relationship with my grandfather. Uh, kind of deteriorated because again you're coming from a culture in which you you do what your husband says yeah you know so for by her making that decision and taking that stand it it isolated her from her dad you know and and not until much much many years later uh they amended that relationship but when it comes to my dad i really like he'll come visit once in a while um but i can I don't, I, even to this day, I mean, I'm cordial. I'm nice. You know, I, mm-hmm. I say hello. He calls me when one of my aunts tell him that it's my birthday or something like that or whatever. But I don't hold any ill wills towards him or anything like that. I okay. mean, I've, I've visited him a few times, yeah. you know, um, just to say hello. Yeah. And he, um, and, you know, it didn't affect me. And I didn't understand it much when I was growing up. Right. It was at that late, age. At that yeah. age, okay. it was just normal. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel like I needed. I had my mother, mm-hmm. and my mother did everything. Okay. You know. So then, on that note, mm-hmm. you had your mother. Mm-hmm. What 
what was your relationship with your mother? Tell me a little bit more and, and sort of bring me to the place where um, there was a, a change. In yeah, your- yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother was my everything growing up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like, it's funny because I, when I talk to her and I ask her, she's very, she likes to move around too much and she just, you know. High energy. She's high very energy. high energy. Yeah. Very high yeah. energy. And, and sometimes. Doer. She's do, a doer. She's a doer. And sometimes I just want her to come over to the house. I want her to sit down and tell me stories, right? That's like kind of like what I, and, and then when we talk, I, I tell her things and she's like, muchacho. I mean, meaning, how do you remember these things? And I'm like, because I saw you doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. And to me, my mom was my everything, right? My mom, my mother, uh, is a very independent woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a person that uh, I looked up to mm-hmm. because of the things that I've seen, right? Like, um, she was always an entrepreneur. She was always someone that wanted to be independent. And I guess that's the reason why she had to make the decision of, you know, separating from my father, right? Right. And and struggle as a single mom in the Dominican Republic, right? Which is not, you know, it's not easy. So, and she finished fifth grade, but then she went into school to learn how to be a beautician, right? And as far as I could remember, she always had her own little salon and it was at our house, you know? And um, at first she had one and it was behind a hardware store and then we live in a wooden house that had like a dirt floor in the back and it would rain, water would just go right through it. But she worked like right up front, you know? And then on the weekends I will go and like sweep and 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 do that stuff. And then she did that, we moved to different places and that's what she did, you know? Um, but that's what I, I, I've, I've learned that like, that, that part of me, that gene of being independent, it's like I seeing it from her, you know. Um, her and my aunt, my aunt Tia Cruz, you know, those two women are like my two mothers. Yeah. You know. It's like, why do you say that? Because um, it was always them, you know. It was always the two of them. Like I never, uh, my myself, my sisters, we never... Your sisters are your. They're okay. So like family, right? What is family, mm-hmm. right? So you have a brother. You have a brother because a brother came from your mom and your dad, right? So I have two sisters, and they are my sisters. They're not my cousins. They're my sisters. It's like you know, you have Mari, who um, is Tia um, Tia uh, Tia Cruz's uh, daughter, mm-hmm. and you have Jahaira, who is Tia Alicia's daughter. But the three of us were always together. You know, we grew up together. So you consider them your sisters. They are my sisters. It's nice. not a consideration. It's okay. like okay. this is who they are. Okay. You know. Um, so when we're living in that aspect, you know, it's like the two of them, particularly Tia Cruz and Tia, and my mother. You know, they work. My 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 aunt was a a nurse. You know, she went to university, she did everything, and she was a nurse, and she worked really, really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mother was the the entrepreneur of the family somewhat, and then she just went on her own. Mm -hmm. And as a little kid, I'm seeing this, you know, like I went to um, the top school in the Dominican Republic. I went to Instituto Politecnico Loyola. As a result of her working hard. Yes, yeah, without help from my father and without, it was just the two of them. You know, uh, my sisters went to Catholic school. I mean, from from the age as far as I could remember, we all three of us 
went to Catholic school, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and like really good education. And my mom used to tell me all the time, even when I was little, it's like, I can't give you anything. I don't have any money. I don't have anything. All I could give you is an education. You know, which turned out to be problematic for me a little bit later on down the line. Right. And we'll talk about that later, I right. guess. Um, but, you know, those two women and my mother, they were my heroes, you know. And, and, and there's things that are good and bad about parents and all that kind of stuff. You know, we'll talk about some of the trauma. But when I look back, it's like I was always taken care of, you know. Um, I never, I don't know, I don't know what poverty is. And it's not like we didn't have a car, we rented, but I can't tell you that I know what poverty is because I have never in my life have, have ever gone hungry mm -hmm. because those two women, mm -hmm. and I don't, I mean, and, and, and I don't, I don't know how the way it's kind of like explain it, you know? No, but, that's, it sound you sound very passionate about these two women. Mm -hmm. So bring me to, because obviously I know the story. Mm -hmm. Can you? Just kind of talk me through, okay, you have a really wonderful relationship with your mother and your aunt. What, tell me about some of the traumas that you experienced with, mm -hmm. in, in, uh, with relation to your mom mm -hmm. and, and the situations that you had to go through leading up to. Um, yeah. So uh, when I was about, I think it was seven or eight years, years old, I don't remember exactly the time. I was, I was actually, I believe I was in getting into fifth grade. Mm -hmm. or or going from four to fifth or something along i don't remember something along those lines um, my mother made the decision to move to new york and because obviously she just wanted a better life for mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. you know but try to tell that to a little kid right so it's like that's not how this works you know what i mean like my mother used to take she used to take us everywhere you know um in dominican republic there's uh, there's you know merengue bands like you know fernandito villalona you have like um johnny ventura sergio vargas those, those type of people it's like the equivalent of going to see bon jovi or michael jackson and things like that from that country mm -hmm. like we always went to those things and we were like the only little kids there you know i got pictured with fernandito and all that kind of stuff but it's like that was with my mom and and, and you know and mm -hmm. she she made it a point for us to kind of like be always involved in something in in basketball judo judo you know my sister and all that it was always something but then when she decided to leave that kind of like was just weird mm -hmm. and i remember that night i remember that night and it was about two o'clock in the morning and i typically don't go to sleep so then i had to go to school the next day and my grandmother was there and she left and I looked at the window and I was crying and my grandmother was holding me. I'm like, and I remember that day because it was like, you know, that cry, that ugly cry that is like <laughs> the emptiness inside. Like, like everything is like, it was that. Yeah. You know, and she left. And so that was it. You didn't see your mother after that. She for left. a little, yeah. Yeah. I was, and she left. And I remember that people used to tell me all the time because at the same time after she left, you know, my aunt was again in retrospect. Again, when you're a kid, you don't think about these things. But now when you're adult and you have the faculties of thinking and then mm -hmm. you start really looking at how, what happens, right? It, it's a different story. But at that time, my aunt was a little bit abusive, you know. And um, I used to get a lot of whippings and for particular reasons and things like that. And she used to, you know, she... she 
she took uh, she took i think she took a lot of her frustrations out of say. me yeah, because it I is a lot of pressure that. yeah maybe those frustrations yeah but yeah. again it's like as a kid you don't believe you don't understand this no. yet i could tell you that now as an adult nor, in thinking about it nor the nor does that warrant mm-hmm. the abuse no of behavior so go ahead no it doesn't uh-huh. but uh, one of the things as a, uh, that i've learned as you go along it's like people always only do what they've been taught to what do they know how to do you're right and until there's something different that Absolutely. you show them the alternative right then they will continue to always do that. Exactly. But it takes an education and it takes like if the conversations to be able to happen, to make those changes, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, but during that time, as, as we go on progressing in time, that time was a very, very lonely time for me. Right. So I had my sisters and I, I, you know, when I used to get hit and this is kind of like the things that I remember, uh, used to get a whipping or anything like that. Um, I had my own room and you know, when kids cry, when they're little, you know, I want my mommy, I want my daddy, you know, I didn't do that. And then when I pray, when I say, where's God when all this, like, I think at that early age, I started like doubting, mm. you know, although I was, I continue in Catholic, you know, being Catholic and going to church and all that stuff. Like I started doubting because I had good grades in school. I didn't do bad things or anything like that. I was just always like a little nerd and stuff, you know, but all this stuff was happening to me. And I have a dad and I have a mother and then my aunt is beating me right now. And, and all that stuff was happening all at the same time. So I felt like I had nobody. So like, I just went in side you know and then that kind of like i really didn't talk to people and i was always like a quiet kid um you know some people you know i mean but you're a kid and but i wasn't not i was always shy with like with girls and things like that they used to call me that my sister used to say palomo and that means like you're like you're 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 afraid of girls and all that kind of stuff and you know she just make fun of me like that but you know that 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 time alone was hard at that time. But again, in retrospect, it was like one of the greatest things that happened to me. So did you, as a result of your not your mom not being around, did you experience besides being beat, you know, by your, your aunt, mm-hmm. who is a lovely woman, by the way. I love her. Mm-hmm. So I know what you mean by that. Um, but what other, I mean, what other did you experience any traumas did you have difficulties in school did you like what tell me yeah about that. yeah like, it my, couldn't have been easy to be alone so to speak the other trauma and i think the 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 peak of everything that happened hap, uh started like taking place when my aunt came back uh from venezuela and that's a different aunt that i don't really uh, want to kind of like talk about that mm-hmm. and one of the things that i remember that i was i got in trouble in school Never did, but that day I did. The night before, one of my aunt, that aunt, not not the Akurus, another person, has sex with her boyfriend next to my bed, mm. and I was there, and it was uh, it was weird. I mean, <laughs> to say the least. A strange. I mean, to say the least. But yeah. I, you know, I, I I went I went to school the next day, and I fell as I was falling asleep in class and again this is a very catholic school it's like very regimented it's like you know you 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 got to be alert you got to do all that stuff and that week and i remember every friday we used to get a ticket 
Um, so we could go to the movies. Oh, yeah. And I used to sing in front of the, everybody, right? That was kind of like one of my things. That week, I didn't get that ticket because I was falling asleep all throughout class. And what I remember, it was like I couldn't sleep because this woman was doing that like next to my bed. And that's something that really, really... Like, it was disturbing, you know? I, I I mean, I don't know what else to put it. It was just weird, you know, just weird. I, I like, how would you, you know, but you, but it happened. You know, what am I supposed to do now? It's just like, it just happened, it just happened. So you gotta just kind of, like, go from there. So um, those two traumas were, like, the ones, you know, that, that, that happened. I mean, I mean, thinking about something else, when I was very young, you know, one of my cousins made me touch her down there. So you there. experienced a little bit of abuse yeah 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 i mean physical is a, a so you experience sexual abuse or? yeah i mean like again it's like when you think about it not as a kid you don't think about it as a boy as a boy it's like oh that's great oh, you know <laughs> of course yeah you know like we think about that <laughs> yeah. but as a as a young person you know you're thinking about being five six six years old and you know somebody yeah. touches you know wants you to touch them in a particular situation she's like you know, it's like, like, you know, way to go, boy, you yeah. know, or how for, does that I affect you? I don't, yeah. For, for, for males is that they, mm -hmm. and I think I've, I mean, I've, I've heard about this, you know, I've read yeah. about this, that males, um, people joke about that. Like, exactly. On, you couldn't have been abused. That must no. have been amazing. But I think that you're like, your dude, you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. Your yeah, experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. have mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes affected you in a mm -hmm. manner that is live that has gone with you through your whole life. Yeah. Basically. But the ironic thing is that, that. When I look back at those memories now, I mean, like we've been talking about it, I kind of like joking and saying, oh, but it's not what it is. Like it took a while to get to that point. Right. You know, it took a while to get there. It took a while to be able to, to look at those situations and decipher them, confront them. Right. Because I guess you're going to talk about that later because it wasn't easy to confront them. Sure. Um, but come out with a different perspective at the end. Right. Okay. So I, now that you've gone through all these situations and, you know, sex abuse, your mom leaving, uh, the, the issues with your dad mm -hmm. or him not being around, mm -hmm. how did you deal with that? How did, how did you deal with the loneliness? I'm sure that, cause you said that you felt a little, that it was lonely no. time. How did you, how did you deal with that? Well, like I had a couple of reprieves, like in the summer I had an aunt, that uh and we, she had a lot of my cousins and i used to go to her house all the time in the summer mm -hmm. you know and you used to stay there yeah okay. yeah yeah for for the entire summer and it was like in the country so uh the i mean she was great i mean she was she was lovely and the, and the, my cousins were like super cool we used to play together and then i used to hate it i have to go back you know but um but i had to you know at that point it's like what do you do you just have to get through it i thought about running away a couple of times yeah you know but in mm -hmm. the same token it's like where am i gonna go it's like i don't right. want to go and live in the streets and you know so it was things like that 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 you just i don't know i just just got just got through it you right. know and it's like uh I just I just had to live through it. I don't know what what other ways to cope except that. I mean, I was still uh, I, I I did good in school. I was always like in the top, mm -hmm. always so you, in the top. So you came, so you came back for all intents and purposes. How long was it before you actually saw, like take us through like when you finally did? Did you reunite with your mother or what yeah. happened there? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, tell yeah. us more about yeah. that. So a couple of years later, actually, I 
believe I was I was just finishing the sixth grade. Okay. How old were you at this point? I was turning, I believe I was turning 11 mm -hmm. um, um, that year. Mm -hmm. uh, and my mom came back. You know, um, I mean, again, and throughout this time, like, I how many years was it? If you don't, I'm sorry to cut you off. How many years was it by the time from the time she left and the time she came back? How many years? I think it was between like two to three years. Okay. I mean, that's something along those lines. Yeah, something along those lines. I'm so she a, came back. So she came back. Um, at this point, she was married. Oh, right. And then the was the, that shocking? Uh, or you were just like no. I mean, they talked. She told me before, oh. uh, but we never really talked much because I was always told. Don't tell your mom anything because she's going to be worrying. You know, it's like, don't tell her that so, you're getting hit. Don't tell her that you, this is happening to you. Don't, so all that oh, stuff, and so I got to keep All of your it. troubles that you yeah. were experiencing as a child in uh -huh. her absence, you were not even allowed to. So you had to, I had to bottle just, these things. Just had, to, just had to take it. How is that for you? That I must mean, again, difficult. I mean, it's, it's again, it's like you live through it. Yeah. I don't know what other way, I don't know what other say, I, anything else to say at that time. And okay. it's almost like, like, again, so when I used to go, go to sleep, cry. You know, and then realize that there was nobody coming. Right. You know, there's no my daddy start coming. You know, and it's no I'm I'm here. This is kind of like my. You felt alone. My life, my alone. Yeah. yeah. And then it was like to a certain point. It's like I actually started fighting back with my aunt. I started fighting back. You know, like mm -hmm. I used to hold her and you say, "Listen, don't hit me anymore." And I'm a little kid. You know, it's like yeah. don't hit me. So like I I had that impulse to kind of like this is enough. This is enough. This is enough. And then my mother came back and then I uh, um. We have like like different Spanish words are, are a little bit different, uh, you know. Explain. When, so, for instance, like you, right? It's just you, right? There's no in the English language. In, in the English yes. language, right? There's uh -huh. no formality. You, you're just you, right? Um, or or you have the respect, but for certain people, like sir, madam, and things like that, mm -hmm. right? In Spanish, you have tú or usted, right? Right. So when I was growing up, I always called my mother mommy, right? Yeah. When she came back, I ne I didn't even call her too. I called her usted. Which is the? This is like the very formal way of, of, referring, to of referring to someone, right? That's how I refer to your mother, yes. for example. Yes, because, <laughs> of, you know, because the reverence and the elder part. But I used to call her usted. Which is to her, actually, when I told her that, she said, why are you telling me that? Why are you not calling me mommy? But ever since that point, I have never called her mommy. I always called her ma. Oh, interesting. So it's like, there was like a, this realization in me that, you know, again, it's like uh, looking back, it's easier to kind of like make sense of it all. Sure. But when you're there, that's kind of like how you're feeling. And then that kind of like, um, uh, um, that kind of got even a little bit worse because the reason why she came back was to take me away. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah. So, so tell me more about this. Yeah. So, so right after sixth grade, like you know, and I wanted, I wanted to go to like the, the there was like different campuses for the younger kids for elementary school, and then seventh and eighth grade, we're going to like a different campus with the big kids, you know. And this you is were like excited. So I was excited. <laughs> yeah. And I was cool. I was like, you know, I was like the popular kid. I was singing. I was in the Boy Scouts over there. I was like, you know, I was like hanging out with the older kids and you doing your, cool stuff. You were your normal Omar. Self. I was, I was like, kind of like finding my way and yeah, all that okay. kind of stuff. Okay. And then she came and she's like, "We're moving to New York." So it's just like this complete like disruption of Complete. things are starting to get normalized. 
Mm -hmm. I do air quotes here. I have friends. Everything was getting better. I was kind of, my aunt wasn't hitting me as much because we kind of like, we're standing up for myself and all that kind of stuff. And then boom, she says, she comes, uh, married, she's all this. And then she says, we're moving to New York. Wow. And... I, I hurt. I mean, like that. This is like I left. I, I, I and within a matter of like a month or so. Wow. I was in New York City. Holt, what that I, I wanted to answer for you, but what mm-hmm. is that like? You went from a country mm-hmm. that is, for all intents and purposes, still a, a, an impoverished mm-hmm. uh, island, right, or, or country. Yeah. It's the country you're, you know, riding on horses and playing in the country in the summer. And then you go to New York and mm-hmm. most people know what New York is like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, what, what part of New York do you go to? Up, upstate? No, we Long went Island? to the Bronx. A sub- <laughs> we went to the Bronx. Hey, what chill. Oh, calm down. Don't, don't judge no, but the Bronx. It's a city. Mm-hmm. No, the Bronx is great. Listen, my mm. dad was born in the Bronx. Okay. My dad was born in the Bronx. So, and yeah. even though I don't have a great relationship with my dad, yeah. I have a strong, like, I have a connection to New York because I've been there so many times because of you. Um, And I was there even before I met you and I love the city. Mm -hmm. But what was that like? It must've been like this culture shock for you. Was that how it, was that what it was? It was a little overwhelming, you know, because there's noise all the time, you know? And when we first moved, um, the train station was there. So every night you heard the train. So at first it's like, you gotta, you had to get used to all that stuff. So like the noise, the, the, and then, and then one of the things that I, that I've, that kind of like struck me was the fact that you always had to be vigilant, you know, like, you know, you come from a place where you walk from school and it's no big deal. You go outside and you play baseball with your friends, you, you know, mean like you had to be in like the more aware. Right. But, but I mean, in, in New York, city, it's like one of the things that once you get in there, it's like they make sure my mom and my, my stepdad at that time make my, my step, my dad, you know, they make sure that you understand that you have to be vigilant, you know, that is just like you can't just be really willy you know all that stuff and i heard i I learned that the hard way like the first couple of weeks in school because i i was during the summer i was helping my mom and like in her salon where she works so i say you know i used to go in there like sweep and then the ladies would give me like a couple of dollars and stuff like that and i wanted to get this yankee hat that had like little sec uh you know like uh, little diamond things up front and i bought the hat and i was so excited and i saved my money and like the first couple of day couple of weeks like in school i get on the bus and i'm sitting like if you ever remember the bus there was a seat that was kind of like not facing forward but facing sideways so you'll sit this way so you, you could look outside the window right and I was sitting like that, just, just, just in my own little dream world, minding your own business, minding my own business, not even thinking about it. And then these two, these two kids that were getting off the bus, you know, one just, just kind of like reached over, grabbed the hat, and just took off running, Ugh. you know. And I'm just like sitting in there, and everybody on the bus is just like, you know, sitting the way there. It goes. <laughs> and then that was like, that was like, <laughs> that was like my introduction to New York. It's like, you know, because I, I mean, I didn't have no friends. I was like starting school, you know, and then it was ESL. So it was like, it was like, that's when you started getting kind of like used to it. But it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, in, it was, Interesting. it was different, you know, yeah. I, like I really didn't like it. Okay. To so be t- honest with you. So then what, so 
you you you're in New York. You're in this different um, arena. How did you get situated? What happened? In, mm-hmm. And bring us to like your experiences because now you're you were in middle school when you were in DR. So you were in middle school in New yes, York. Yes, seventh and eighth grade. So then you junior high. You did you did good in junior high, uh-huh. and then you went into high. Like tell me about well, your high. Let me let me let me take you to like what happened. Okay. Like so, junior high. Um, seventh grade Elizabeth Barrett Browning IS 115 that's why it's right there between <laughs> shout out what, okay. between Walton and Amara's Ave uh-huh. you know so um, so I went I, I went there and I, now I started getting you know now you start getting there acclimated and all that kind of stuff and and you get you start getting comfortable you starting understanding you know and this and that and you start making friends so you start kind of like user but at first i hated it you know like i really hated it i'm uh aside from <laughs> aside from getting my heart my hat stolen um uh, a couple of weeks after that somebody broke into our, our apartment and stole like my dad just bought a a, a new um uh, CD player and they went in and they stole it and it was just like you know they broke to the fire skate and it's like man there's crackheads everywhere because they go and they steal it <laughs> they go back and steal it in the salon you know they go hey look I got this I got this I got that and my mom had the salon and all that stuff and then you know that's how they get the deals but that's you know life in New York yeah. so I went through junior high school you know I was shy like you know I had this crush and and then was davis and i got like this crush on this girl and i never said anything because i was just afraid i was just afraid and my sister the other day was making fun of me because she was like how is it that you like you're such a paloma it's like you know you you like what's that girl did you know high school that you used to like and never said anything you know and it was like that i was like shy but i was always a good student and but I and I didn't mind like being on stage and doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, but like one on one, I was like super quiet. So like, I have very few friends and all that kind of stuff. Um, then after that, my mom said, "You know what? You can't just stay home after school. Okay, you got to find something to do." Okay. So she, uh, a friend of hers, told her about the Boy Scouts, right? And there was uh, Troop Two Hundred Eight, which was a little. In, it was in the Bronx, and my mom decided to put me in there. I hated it. Cause I was the only like his, like I was the only kid there that like spoke Spanish, and everybody else spoke like a little bit of Spanish, but it was all broken Spanish, like you know, like not even Spanglish. Cause they're kids, you know, they're like, and and I'm like, you know, and I'm like whatever. So like every Monday came around, I was like, I would make any excuse not to be able to go. I got too much homework. I. I have a headache, my stomach hurts, you know, my foot hurts because of this and that and the other. So I used to make every excuse in the book not to go, right? She wasn't having it? Oh, no, my mom was oh, not no. having it, right? <laughs> okay. I, my, my mom was not having it. So what she did was, she's like, oh, yeah, okay. You and I are going to take a, go to the bus, go to the place, which was a church, right? And then we, she will sit oh, on the, God. she will sit on the stand she did. she yes. stayed there with you with all the kids there and my mother will be like one of the other only parents sitting on the stand making sure that i came and i didn't leave you know okay so <laughs> so that happened like for like consistently like she makes sure that i went every monday like you know if you don't go that like, you know your ear is gonna get twisted so then what what happened as a result of I, I i i met like i met the people that will completely change my life forever and uh, there's three people in particular. 
the first is my you know i mean he's like my best friend I, i consider him my best friend to this day he's like the only one true friend that i've always had and which is danny gumbrell shut up danny what's hey, going danny, on Danny, what's up? right <laughs> and um the other two people are betty medina and ken mullen wow so i met them there and then from that point like now who who what were their roles like sure so uh ken mullen was actually the um the troop leader okay for for uh troop 208 right and then betty medina was kind of like his his partner her, i mean his partner her so assistant they ran, so they ran the they boys. were husband and wife or they were no, no, she no. was the assistant yeah they, okay. they just always worked together nice okay. yeah they always so worked they together. ran this troop they ran okay. this troop right okay. and then um he actually told my mom don't worry about it he's gonna learn english here and and he's gonna be fine just so don't she, worry about it she eased her he he eased can okay. can eased my mom's uh, mind. Ken spoke Spanish. No, no, but just people understand each other somehow. I don't know. Communicate with hands. Hey, listen, you listen, know, his, your, your mother is a closet English speaker, so I, yeah. I get it. So, so <laughs> that, that's what okay. my mom said because she said like you know he's going to learn here. So so you say these people changed your life forever. Yes. What what happened? In, okay, that's a big statement. It is. It is a big statement, but it's a true statement. So and take, again, it's not like just. It's not just me. It's like there's been a lot of uh, young people in, in 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 New York, in the Bronx, in particular, and that 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 have been impacted by 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 Betty, okay, uh, and also by Ken. You know, okay. I mean, um, so what happened was that that uh, like a that that summer uh, we went into summer camp, right? So we had to spend like three weeks up uh, in the Catskills in a place called TMR, Ten Mile River. You know, just goodbye, best luck happen to you, Mer. Hats off to victory. And then it's boom, chicken, boom. Hey, boom, okay, chicken. okay, anyway. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, we, we, like, man, we used to have a lot of fun. So that summer, you know, I still. So you went from being like, I hate hated this it. What? To yeah. like, amazing. You well, wanted, you I, I, not, I wouldn't say amazing at first. I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going in here. Let me just, just okay. go. I mean, okay. I went. You didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice at first, right? Okay. So, so that summer we had, um, um, we went up to TMR. And I was still learning English and kind of like getting acclimated to like all the other stuff, right? And then I was getting better. But like the, the thing is that in that troop, we had like older kids, younger kids, but like everybody was like very supportive of me. You know, like they knew that I didn't speak English as well, but they accepted me like without judgment. And the thing is that it's interesting because our troop, like, you know, well, there's a lot of controversy about using certain words and all that kind of stuff. But in that troop, we have like Eddie, who's a white dude and Saul and, 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 um, D, uh, Dione, Jose, you got, you got all these guys who are like older than us. And we look up to those guys. Right. But they just treat you like you're the bro like you're a little brother and they took care of you, you know, and, and they're different colors, white, black you know it's like and we all they just get along but they made you feel comfortable and i remember this because this is one of the things that i really appreciate about that time is that even even though i wasn't really speaking english that well one of the things that they did is that they had me do the roll call and what i mean by that is that you in tmr you have like the that the whole um the, the dining hall and then all the troops because it's not just your troop there's troops from all the greater new york area that came in so you have about 
20 to 30 troops with about 60 kids each, right? So you have all that. And then, so once in a while, you get together and you have to do roll call. So you got to stay in front of your troop and you got to go to the roll call, right? And so they went, you know, you have all these troops and everybody, one person from each troop has to get up there and say, troop, all brethren, I got the first sire, right? And then, so Dion told me, you got to do it today. And I'm like, huh? And I'm like, he's, I'm like, uh, uh. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, this is kind of like the encouragement that you're getting. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you could do it. So I went in front of, uh, in front of the line and all that kind of stuff. And I, I get up there and I'm shaking and I'm sweating and I'm nervous. And you got to stand up with your uniform. You have to be like, uh, uh. And then you got to go, trip two away. Oh, and everybody's like, yeah. I go, I go back there and I sit, I go next to daddy and he's like, I don't know what the fuck you just said, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you did good. You did good. But it was like, it's like funny things like that, that happened in your life that is like, you know, um, you get it and you, you build like really good relationships there. So what happened after that is that that summer, Ken has always uh, struggled health wise, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and that, tr and so he was out for a little bit. And then he came back, but there was somebody else running the troop and he didn't want to, uh, Vinny was running the troop and he didn't want to kind of like take that away from him. So then he decided to open up um, different a, a different organization. Okay. So he asked a couple of kids and and I was surprised that he asked me because I was just, you know, I was just whatever. He asked a whole bunch of kids, hey, I'm starting this new, this new thing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know if you, any of you guys would be interested in being the leaders of that group. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was like, shit, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to go. It's like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's how I became, uh, the junior assistant patrol leader for troop five, troop two. Um, we actually had Danny, myself and George store. We had four, two troops and two packs that we were responsible for. So what we did was every summer we go to, we go to um, one of the hotels up in the Catskills and we actually planned an entire year of programming. Oh, wow. So, so you really, um, when I go back to you saying that these people changed mm -hmm. your life forever, yeah. This is the start of that. Change. You ever heard of Wiffums, right? Like that's something that is like popular. Like people say Wiffums now, and it's kind of like a popular thing. What does Wiffums mean? What's in it for me? Oh, okay. right. And I learned that when I was thirteen years old. Danny, myself, George. Yeah. I mean, our our meetings were planning sessions that lasted weekends. Okay, you know, so we're sitting there like brainstorming, and I and and, and it's like we go around until nobody has anything to say and if you stop too soon you had to come up with something it didn't matter it doesn't matter what it was you could say whatever ridiculous shit you wanted to say but you did not stop and can make sure that we went around to make sure that we brainstormed then after that based on what we wanted to do then we had to figure out what is the best possible solutions for this and then you had to come up with a plan for that so we had to back up and do all these different things now we are 13 14 year old kids I was just going to say, yeah. you guys are young. You're young, young, even, young, young. I young. mean, you're young adults, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, And I mean, I think that Danny and I were just starting high school at that time, right? Yeah. And everybody else was older. But we spent that, that was like our training. Our training on thinking, on planning, on solving problems, on understanding what the objective is. 
and then be able to figure out how to get there and understand that along the lines, you're going to have to adjust, right. right? So that was the training, but that was like the planning. That was like the head part, right? After that, we had to go and implement it, right? So we have all these new kids, right? Uh, it, was, it was quite a few leaders that went, and then we started implementing it. At the end of it all, it ended up just being Danny and I. Oh. And George, because George had George wanted to do it more frequently, but he was, he was, you know, he had he, he went to school and he did all kinds of extracurricular stuff. Danny and I were just the ones left, running two troops and two packs. Nice, and it was it was it was it was good. You know, it was like something that was really really interesting. Um, so what I'm hearing you say then is um, that Ken mm-hmm. gave you an opportunity. Mm-hmm to be exposed to decision-making, yes. problem-solving yep. leadership skills Yeah, that you were when, so what I'm getting at is did, this is what you mean by that changed your life forever, because this introduced you to an arena mm-hmm. that you were like, well, I'm actually good at this. Like yeah. I, this is something that I, this is important to me. I want to, I want to tell you this story because I think this is kind of like, uh, like interesting because it, it, it kind of like denotes what we're talking about, like how it really changed our lives, right? Like, like, like Danny and I were having a conversation not too long ago about the fact that it's like, if if we wouldn't be where we are, if it wasn't for what Ken taught us to do, wow. and not so much that it was the fact that that he was, I mean, he's a former New York City Irish cop, right? Right. That was tough. Yeah. Like we revered him. He didn't seem tough. No, he no. was so sweet. Yeah, to you. <laughs> you know, I had the pleasure of meeting Ken. And to I'm to you, I mean, but <laughs> like, here's a man that we both that we loved dearly, and we feared him, and we revered him at the same time. Mm-hmm. But he wow. was someone that that would put me like he would take your side, and he would talk to you to make you understand that you're better than this. You know, it's like you're much more than this. I remember this one time I was having like a really, really hard time with my my, my mother. And he's like, you and I are a lot of alike. It's like you're very selfish and I'm very selfish because you know what you want, you know, but you got to stay consistent and you got to be true. I mean, this is the freaking conversations that you're having with a 13, 14 year old, you know, and then he follows that up with letting you be responsible to take about 60 kids in the subway in New York City, trusting that you will never lose any one of those kids. Wow. That's deep. That's, that's, it's powerful. And when I think of leadership and when I think of kind of like how I wanted to conduct my life, Ken gave us this gift when, when, when Danny and I had our confirmation in Catholic school and he gave us, um, he gave this little anecdote and then he gave us a hundred dollars and he gave us a $2 bill, which is still that I carry to this day. And I gave it as a present in my wedding. I did not give the $100 because I don't have that much money. <laughs> no, right? you spent that. Yeah. So he told us the, le- the, the lesson. And I want to, you know, um, uh, kind of like finish this part with that, that anecdote. Because he told us that $100, I don't want you to save it. I, you need to spend it. It is, you cannot save it. Because he knew that like Danny and I were just kind of like stash money so that we could do. But he said, you have to spend it. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Because I want you to understand that money and power is only temporary. 
And the only way that you could actually use power is by by influencing others the way you live your life. I'm fucking 15 years old and this is the lessons that I'm learning, right? Yeah. That, about what real power is. It's not about, oh, I'm this, I'm that, and the other. So when you have that standard in your life, now you have to live up to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it gives you, it gives you that, and I, I do something different, you know, it gives you, it makes you feel like a hero that somebody believes in you so much yeah. that these are the things that they tell you, yeah. you know, and this is a white man, yeah. you know, and it's like, it, it's, it's, and people might say, what, you know, because yeah. I tell them all the time, it's like, I don't, I don't see color. I don't care because he didn't care. Right. He only looked at me for what I was. Right. And that's what I appreciate. Wow. So. I, I know we can go so much deeper into this, but I know that we have to come to an And I thank you so much for sharing. Please join us for the next episode of Omar's interview.